everyone, and welcome to another episode of Accessibility. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility, and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games, and more people to see themselves in the games they play? Now, just to reassure you up front, this video will contain no images or footage of spiders, either real or simulated. We're going to be discussing arachnophobia, and that will necessitate discussing aspects of spiders, but we're going to keep that as minimal as possible while still discussing the topic in the depth it deserves. When it comes to phobias, arachnophobia, or the fear of spiders, is definitely one of the more common phobias. Um, the percentage of people worldwide that it affects, estimates for that vary, and they largely vary depending on what your cutoff for someone being an arachnophobe is, um, depending on how scared of spiders someone has to be to qualify. But estimates range from somewhere between 3 to 6% of the global population have some form of arachnophobia, some sort of fear of spiders. Arachnophobia is far from the world's most common phobia, but it's sort of unique compared to other phobias in that same sort of percentage range, like fear of dogs, for example, in that arachnophobia seems to have this unique ability to impact people through depictions in media, perhaps more than other phobias. Um, a lot of people with arachnophobia find that fictional depictions of spiders, even if they know they're fictional, still set off a lot of those arachnophobic responses in a way that, say, fewer fear of dog experiences are triggered by dogs on TV. It's, it's unique in quite how frequently it's set off by fictional depictions, and that makes it a really interesting use case when discussing how we can help people with phobias to be able to play video games more easily. So today, we're going to look at what video games are already doing, and what they could be doing, to help players with phobias, particularly arachnophobia, be able to play more games. Admittedly, there's not a lot that the games industry is already doing, but there's a couple of examples, and I think we can use those as a template going forward for what the industry could be doing. When we look at the story of arachnophobia support in video games, most of the early examples we find online of games being made more playable comes from support from the modding community on PC. Arachnophobia is a common enough phobia that a lot of the more popular and easy to mod titles already feature community support to remove spiders from their experiences. One of the better known examples of spider removing mods in games is Skyrim, where mods exist to replace spiders with poorly animated bears which slide towards you and simply stop moving once they're defeated, or if you prefer, you can replace spiders with crawling versions of the comic book hero Spider-Man. There are a few different mods, and you know, the Spider-Man mod still kind of moves like a spider, but depending on how much you want your game to not have spiders, there's a few options available. Block building game Minecraft features several mods that remove spiders from the game entirely, and cause any items they generate which might be needed for gameplay to appear in new parts of the game instead. Spider eyes might become a drop from zombies, string for bows is found by breaking wool, allowing players to avoid engaging with spiders at all, while still progressing through the game and getting items they might need from those spiders. A mod on PC for Resident Evil Remake HD removes all spider enemies from the game, and edits a couple of doorways to allow the player to entirely skip past the game's usually mandatory spider boss fight. Now, as good as some of those mods are, they're not official. They're they're only available to PC players, they're only available for games that have been out a couple of years and are popular enough to get mod support, or, you know, are built in such a way that mods can be easily applied to them, and even then, they're limited in their utility. I want to move and talk about what developers themselves are already doing 
to try and help more people be able to play more games and to help people who have arachnophobia be able to engage with games. Now, admittedly, there's only a couple of examples of developers taking the initiative already to do this, but I think one of them is a very bare-bones example, and we'll talk about that. And one of them is much closer to what the industry probably should be doing. It's it's not perfect, but it's a good step in the right direction. We'll talk about both of those now. Let's start with the first game to really make headlines for removing spider-based content. Originally released back into March 2019, Satisfactory is a first-person game about making efficient production pipeline layouts. Conveyor belts lead to machines, which lead to more machines, automating the process of building huge, sprawling factories across a planet. Satisfactory features an arachnophobia mode, which mainly exists because a member of the game's development team suffered personally from arachnophobia. The game's solution to hiding spiders is pretty simple, if not particularly elegant. The game simply places a glitchy PNG of a cat over where the spider would be in-game. Now the world is populated by occasional glitchy cat faces that will chase you down and try to attack you. When Satisfactory's arachnophobia mode was first implemented, the mode replaced the visual of spiders, but did leave the skittering sound effects intact, which for many players was still a trigger for their phobia. However, if you play the game today, these glitchy cats will now just emit high-pitched trenting meows at the player. I don't know if Justin, who's editing this, might include some meowing sounds, but it's just a lot of meow, 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 a lot of that that they do now. Now, much more interestingly, let's talk about the arachnophobia mode in Grounded, a multiplayer co-op survival game which launched earlier this week. For anyone unaware, Grounded is a game made by Obsidian Entertainment, the developer behind The Outer Worlds, in which you play one of four children who have had a bad case of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids-itis. You're all tiny, you're out in the garden, trying to survive in a world much bigger than yourself, and as you can imagine, with everything in a garden larger than you, spiders are there, and they're big, and they're dangerous. So how does Grounded go about supporting arachnophobic players? Well, the game contains a slider which gradually reduces how much spider the game displays, on a scale from full unedited spider down to just a couple of geometric blob shapes for the creature's primary hitboxes. When booting up the game for the first time, before anything else, the game warns players that it will contain spiders larger than the player character, and offers to boot up an arachnophobia settings menu. These settings are unique to each player, so your co-op friend could have the ability to see the full spiders, while you just see a couple of in-world danger blobs. The in-game slider offers players options such as reducing the number of legs on the spider, removing its legs entirely, removing its mandibles, and more. However, and this is important to note, the game requires you to look at the character model for a spider in order to know how much of the spider's features have been reduced. There is no option to make your settings based on text-based descriptions alone. You will have to either look at a spider and decide if it has been acceptably reduced in detail, or make a blind guess on how much spider reduction is right for you based on numbers. A simple description of which spider features had been removed, and which ones remained, for each setting number, would have been a big help. You may find it useful to get another person to help you set up that menu if you struggle with severe arachnophobia. The options mode in Grounded does a great job of offering players a level of customization to their experience, which should help arachnophobic players engage with the game, even if there could ideally be a non-visual way of setting that slider for players. A lot of what I have talked about today in this video when it comes to arachnophobia and ways to help people with arachnophobia play games could be applied to other fears. Um, I think if you were to take, say, rats, snakes, dogs, and offer players the ability to scale back their appearance so that they're just a couple of hitbox blobs, 
that would really help. The reason that I have singled out arachnophobia specifically to talk about is its ubiquity in games. The, the frequency with which spiders are put maybe two-thirds of the way into a game where they didn't exist before, where they're not a core part of what the game is about. If you play any kind of high fantasy game, anything set in a sort of Lord of the Rings-esque, D&D-esque world, there's inevitably going to be giant spiders. It's just a trope that developers fall back on. It's a really common thing that pops up in those settings. You've got games like Jedi Fallen Order that, well, you know, just put in a giant spider boss at some point, not because anything in the game is really set up for it, just because that's what you do in video games. You put a giant spider in things. That's how video games work. Spiders as enemies are a trope in video games, and considering that somewhere between 3 and 6% of the global population are afraid of spiders, that's 3 to 6% of gamers that might be cautious to play your game because there's an unavoidable spider two-thirds of the way in for five minutes that they can't get past. I'm certainly not expecting this to change overnight, but if more developers looked at what Grounded did, took that idea and ran with it, maybe, you know, gave some options so you didn't have to look at spiders to set your level of spider fear, if developers looked at that and ran with it, we might see some real change going forward. I think I think it is right now the example to look at, even if it's not there yet, and it provides a blueprint that other developers should at the very least be thinking about. One of the greatest things about video games as a medium is the fact that you can tailor your experience on an individual level, and let's not push arachnophobic players, let's not push 3 to 6% of the population away from your video game, just because you really want one spider boss right near the end of your game. Let's, let's try and make it so that more people can engage with the 90% of your game that they are able to engage with. 